Hello, and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight, we are joined by returning author Liz Crow, or as you prefer, Elizabeth. Which one would you like prefer? Liz is good. Liz, all right. Yeah. <laughs> welcome back yeah <laughs> right i wish <laughs> it'd just be me cleaning up here and the sound booth know, after right? the fact <laughs> um so outside of um your book hoopa based in detroit you had some time living there as well correct well i lived adjacent i was a detroit adjacent where I lived. Okay. I lived in Ann Arbor. Okay. So that's the college okay. town about 30 miles, 35 miles to the West of Detroit. But I spent okay. a lot of time there for various reasons. So yeah. Okay. All right. And so with your vast living experience, we talked last time, and I know we just talked about this pre-recording now about how much your life as you've lived. I just, there's no other way to put it that you have lived. So. <laughs> Tell us, let's give us some tales about Detroit. Um, well, the thing about Detroit is we were there, we lived in uh, Ann Arbor from 2004 to 2020. And um, we got to see Detroit. We got to watch a revival um, of a city oh. that is just beautiful. I mean, the city, you know, Detroit, it was a French uh, you know, a Huguenot city, basically, and it was uh, the gateway to Canada. Um, and it was, it, it's, it, the history of it is amazing. The prohibition history of it is amazing. Um, and then the 60s came. And um, I can highly recommend, can I throw in a book recommendation here and there? Um, yeah, go right this, ahead. Yes, go um, right ahead. Uh, Middlesex uh, by <laughs> Jeffrey Eugenides. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big old thick, it's one of a doorstop of a book. But um, it's he grew up there, and it is um, it is a, a it's a telling of how the '60s, what happened, um, and how Detroit came to be, and how Gross Point came to be, um, Gross Point, you know, and all these things. So the '60s happened. There were riots. Uh, there was a whole lot of things that went down, and it emptied out. It became a ghost town, literally. Mm. I mean, it was just one of those places that was it. You could drive around. In a, it was like a major metropolitan downtown city, and there was nobody there, you know. Right. Um, and I went there a lot. I have I have a really good friend who's an artist, and um, when we first met, we both worked at um, the art center in Ann Arbor. I did marketing. She was the education director, and she was doing. She had been commissioned to do an outdoor piece of art uh, in Detroit, in one of the parks. Oh, nice. Um. And so, yeah, it was cool. And she needed engineering help. And her husband's an engineer, kind of an, a different kind of engineer. So my husband helped her kind of engineer uh, the process. And, you know, we helped set it up and everything. So she and I just made a point to go down there a lot after that. We just, it was a cool place. The DIA, for one thing, the Detroit Institute of Arts is amazing. Um, the the murals are famous there uh, anyway. And um, there a lot of the, the working, what is his name? Frida Kahlo's husband, <laughs> that guy, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, he did that. Oh God, I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, his murals in the DIA are worth the trip because mm -hmm. um, they depict uh, the way Detroit, the history of Detroit as a manufacturing city, right? 
Right. Um, so it's a gorge. They're just murals that are incredible. And now, now the DIA is in, super popular because of the revival. But anyway, the years 20, 2004 to, um, let's say about 2010 or 12 was when things started to change. And it's like a lot of cities. It's, I hate this word, gentrifying, you know, which is and, not always okay. the best thing to happy, happen to a city because it, it, it pushes out long-time residents, typically residents uh, of color. Okay, um, All right, yeah. And, and that is definitely happening in Detroit. Um, but because... <laughs> Basically clearing out low-income like, low housing and stuff yes, like that. Yeah, to make it look more... And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, um, yeah Chicago we, is happening, ha- happening everywhere. You know, yeah, we have a little bit in our in our area that that's happening as well. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong; yep. they're making things look better, but it's doing a disservice for those who have lived there for a long time. It definitely is, and Detroit is, is guilty of that. Okay, so then long around, and I'm gonna screw up the the dates on this. I, I don't, so nobody <laughs> fact right. check me. Um, but I, the the Rocket Mortgage guy, okay. Um, Dan, again, drawing a blank. He he spent okay. some time in Cleveland and he poured a ton of money into reviving Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And then um, he relocated some of his rocket mortgage offices to Detroit. And he is responsible for a lot of the revival. He bought a right. bunch of property. Um, you know, he had people working downtown, you know. Um, not everyone trusts his motives necessarily. But he kicked it off, you know, so things really started to change. Um, there's a family there uh, that has been in charge of a lot of things, a white family. Um, they own the um, the Illiches, okay? Illich is their mm-hmm. last name. They own um, Little Caesar's Pizza. That's them, okay? So yeah. he owns the, again, don't fact check me. He owns one of the teams, maybe the Tigers. And, of course, the Ford family owns the Lions, you know, so – uh, it, Detroit has always had plenty of sports. They have all the sports, pro sports. Um, but P- and, and the the um, Pistons used to play way out in the suburbs, way out in a different county. You know, the Palace mm-hmm. was where they played. Right. It was this giant edifice an hour outside of Detroit. So now they play downtown because they've built this Little Caesars Arena place right uh, right between Midtown and Downtown. So trying to revive a section there. And again, it's, um, you know, it's the whole thing is chock full of uh, hypocrisy and uh, people who don't like it. But right. that said, well, have you, um, just because you're mentioning the, you know, how they're trying to revise it in a different way. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. of uh, Nicole Curtis? She actually no, revitalized. So. She actually uh, revitalizes old rundown homes and remakes them into the what? And she is big in Detroit, or at least she was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And if yeah, you can cool. actually follow her on Detroit Design on Instagram, it's it's fascinating. Oh, nice. I, I, yeah, I understand that she was doing that for quite a bit, but Detroit was giving her some difficulties as far as redoing the old houses and you know making them back, giving back the old houses, the lives that she would just. She would take vacant homes and she would remake them into what they used to be. Right. Cool. That's mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah, um, it is. And, and then Detroit, you know, Detroit is some um, has distinct areas and they all have their own personality. And I just always loved it down there. And so, you know, my whenever we'd go, my imagination would just 
start spinning, you know, because we're authors and we're always writing the, the next or coming up with the next plot in our heads. So I used it for a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. And I tried to, you know, I try to make it as truthful as I can to the areas, you know, because I know the areas pretty well. But we went back um, for one last time before. When did we go? It was last uh, spring was the last time we were there. Um, and it, uh, my, my daughter had moved back from Toronto. She and her partner were living um, in uh, Corktown, which is a cool area. Uh, Corktown, of course, being the Irish, uh, traditionally where the Irish people lived um, next right. to Mexican town, which is obviously what that is. And then Greek town, which is all in there together. Um, mm-hmm. And so we spent a weekend just poking around in places that we hadn't been in forever and it night and day. I mean, to say it was a night and day is an understatement, you know, right. Things have just really blown up there. Right. Um, and it's almost like, you know, I wish I, I don't want it to go back to the way it was, but you know, there were some times when I just, you could just kind of poke around and see some cool places. And it's a big city. People are like, Oh my God, Detroit's so dangerous. I'm like, oh, have you ever been to Chicago? I mean, come on. You just, <laughs> there's just places yeah. you don't go. You know, you use right. your common sense. And I'm just, I mean, this, because I lived in Istanbul, so I had no fear, right? Right. <laughs> so, I so mean, tell, there's nothing to be afraid of. So tell us the city's narratives, the highlights that added to your life, and I'll probably added to your stories as well. Give us some of that. Well, I always like to think about the people who would live there right mm-hmm. um and i'm right. not i don't i'm not versed in like the city's i'm not deeply versed in its history other than what i know about in terms of its revival and what i've read about you know in the 60s i've read a lot of how it literally fell apart you know mm-hmm. white flight I think was that phrase was invented um in detroit uh mm-hmm. because everybody left for oakland and macomb counties which are the wealthier counties to the north mm-hmm. and northwest of detroit um so, so for me, the city was just like, it was kind of cool just to be down there and look up at those buildings and like, imagine who would live there, you know, right. during different, during different times, during the, between 2004 and 2020. And that person who would have lived there has changed drastically. Um, now you can't touch a condo for less than about half a mil for one bedroom, which is cheap compared to Chicago. Right right yeah <laughs> um, it's a church still, or yeah. yeah but it's for detroit you know i was looking at a we almost bought a house down there when my daughter my daughter went to wayne state which is the university right in the city in midtown mm-hmm. um and we were, we were looking at a place and oh we should have bought it. i st- kicked myself to this day for not buying <laughs> it it was in um, wood woodbridge which was a neighborhood near the campus um and it was some of those, some of the neighborhoods there, I mean, there was serious, serious money in these neighborhoods. These people were uh, um, manufacturing scions, right? They had, they were bazillionaires compared to, you know, they would be bazillionaires right now. They were just merely millionaires at the time. Um, but they had mansions. Like I have a friend who sold real estate there and he and his partner bought a house that had four stories and the top floor was a ballroom. Oh, wow. But, but it was crumbling, you know, rat infested, you know, mm. uh, it, it was the, the neighborhoods there are it just, it's, it's, it's cool. It's just cool to drive around and see the different, how the neighborhoods change and have changed became 
rundown and horrible and scary and now have become <laughs> what they used oh, yeah. to be almost you know I can imagine. Um, and so for me i think about i think about people who live there who who would have lived there and who would be right. living there now and what would they be doing and why would they be there you know um so that seems is how to be, i came up there seems to be a vast difference between the suburbs in comparison to other cities as far as in detroit would you say that's would you say that that's true from more your time there? What do you mean, the difference in the suburbs? Um, just the fact that the comparison, a lot of people, from what I've done on my research, because I like to look up things so that we're going to talk about, yeah. people say that yeah. the suburbs in comparison in Michigan to Detroit City's life, it's a completely mm -hmm. different, like you're entering a different realm, a different world. Would you it say is. that was true? It is. Okay. It is. But the coolest thing about it is right smack in the middle of Detroit is mm -hmm. its very own suburb called Gross Point. Oh, and Gross okay. Point is, you should look this up because it's one of the older neighborhoods and mm -hmm. it is cool, you know, and, and all these things. And Gross Point Blank is one of my favorite movies ever because they filmed it right there, you know? Um, right. And it is a, it's a suburb within the city, literally. Um, you, 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 you're driving along and then all of a sudden it's just kind of typical, you know, one story like car dealerships and run down retail and whatever. And then bam, there's trees everywhere. And you're in this really expensive neighborhood. It is a bizarre experience. Um, but the other suburbs are very wealthy. Yes. And the experience is very different. Um, but I would compare it to, you know, cause I'm fairly versed in the kind of the neighborhoods, the suburbs around Chicago, say Chicago mm -hmm. land, you know, like um, Schaumburg and Naperville and um, even Evanston, you know, where Northwestern is. I mean, those are living there is also is, is a vastly different experience than living in downtown Chicago, but they consider themselves part of Chicago land, even though people who live in Chicago say they don't live in Chicago if you live in a suburb. <laughs> um, but uh, it's less like that. People who live in the suburbs of Detroit don't usually say they live in Detroit. They say where they live. They say they're in Birmingham or Bloomfield Hills or Troy or Novi or the, you know, they give the name Wixom, you know, they give the name of their suburb as right. opposed to saying, yeah, we live in Detroit. Um, and, you know, the, so, the, so in that case, I would say yes. And the history of the flight, you know, it's like Chicago just sprawled, you know, while right. Detroit burned. <laughs> literally and, and, <laughs> right. and it and people fled now and it created when, all kinds of trouble so when you were in detroit and your visits back how much experience have you ever had with woodward the main avenue that's traveling within uh detroit have you ever you have any experience oh, yeah. along that okay yeah yeah i've done i mean well it's hard not to uh, it's the main drag and it's uh eight mile okay so, you know, uh -huh. uh, you know how, I, I don't know if you know this, but Michigan um, counts up. There's eight mile, nine mile, 10 mile, 11 mile, 12 mile road. Literally, these are, these are east-west running roads at those mm -hmm. mile markers. And eight mile, I don't know if you're familiar with the Eminem movie, called eight mile. No, um, no I'm not. Of eight mile, eight mile, <laughs> and then it turns into Woodward wood, wood Road. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, it, um, and I've been on there. I mean, it's hard. You have to. You're on it at some point if you're traveling around Detroit because it's the main drag, literally. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's also the location of a famous, um, like a car parade, if you will. Okay. 
because it's right. cars, man. Detroit is still all about the autos, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was, my husband's an, my husband's an automotive engineer. That's how we ended up in Michigan. So, uh-huh. you know, we would go, we would go to the cruise. They call it the Woodruff Cruise. Um, and it would start kind of out in the, kind of out in the suburbs and make its way downtown. Um, and it was cool. It was fun. You'd just sit out, you'd sit on the side, watch the cars, you know, the classic cars, not so classic cars. I mean, it's just a car, car culture. And that's the other thing about Detroit is it's car culture. It's just, it exists because of automobiles, you know, literally. So it's, so so it's obvious that Detroit has had a very good, well, a very positive influence on you. So tell me because of that and because of that influence, tell me how many books came from Detroit itself. Oh boy. Um, Let me count. Well, the thing is I've got a lot of them set in Ann Arbor and the, and it's kind of interchangeable. People go back and forth mm-hmm. a lot. Um, this is actually set in Detroit. Uh, one that's out now. And then I have a series that's in a brewery. That's a brewery set series that is set sort of in a, it's set, I will admit it in the suburb of Detroit, mm-hmm. not Ann Arbor, but more Detroit centric. Um, I have a series coming out about a fictional pro soccer team coming oh, nice. to Detroit. Because that's the only team they don't have. Even though Dan Campbell, Campbell, that's his name. Dan Campbell tried to get a sock, tried to get the MLS expansion team, the one that I think ended up in Cincinnati. Um, because the thing about soccer uh, expansions is that there has to be infrastructure, and there was really no place for them to play. And so he owned a property that was an old prison at one time, and it's still oh. sitting there. And he was willing to tear it down and build the MLS level stadium. Um, but other places had kind of already done that and they had their right. that in place. So Detroit didn't get it. I don't doubt that they will someday. They got everything else. They've got baseball. They've got a fine, proud sports tradition. And I love sports. I love the Lions. I love that they're getting better now. It's so cool to be a Lions fan now, you know, um, <laughs> and all they lack, all they lack, you know, the Red Wings, hockey royalty at one time now. So uh, all they like is a soccer team, so I made one up. <laughs> nice, <laughs> and, nice. Uh, yeah, and it's and it's right downtown, and it's everybody lives downtown. It's um, one of the things about ha- that I know about you know trying to start a team or whatever. You got to have you got to buy hearts and minds to convince people that they can spend their money to come see you. So you know the soccer team is out doing stuff in the community. You know they're doing fundraisers, they're doing fancy fancy fundraisers, but also you know passing out turkeys at thanksgiving and doing all of those things so they're in the city doing stuff right cool and the title of this newest one is again a red card if am i correct about that yeah red card is the first book red card. um it's okay, red the black jacks it's called the black jacks of detroit so it's, uh the the theory is or the the um backstory is <clears> that the team was supposed to be in vegas and a bunch of money men in michigan ann arbor and, and detroit got together and pooled their money and convinced the league to send them to Detroit, but they couldn't change the name. So oh, it had wow. to be the blackjack. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but Detroit has casinos. We got plenty of casinos. So there are casino, one casino bought in on it too. So that's, that's how I set that up. Um, so red cards, nice. first book, it comes out next Tuesday. Nice. Um, and then I've got another book. I've got about four books coming out this year in that series. Um, the okay, one standalone book that I wrote. Yeah. In the series, blackjack gentlemen. And it's like a, yeah, I love soccer um, a lot, and I love Ted Lasso, the show. Uh, so, so I all made it. The whole. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Well, the whole series is about the team. Right. So the whole series yeah. is based in Chicago. And Detroit. so, I'm sorry, Detroit. 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 Yeah. I don't know why I keep saying Chicago. I think it's because we pointed out Chicago in comparison. Because I keep saying, I keep comparing. Yeah. <laughs> they compare a lot. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. So it's, it's obvious that Detroit has become a very influential part of your life. Now tell us where you're again, where you're based at right now currently. I am in Greenville, South Carolina. Greenville, South Carolina. But the roots yeah. are still calling for Detroit. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, that's not my home. My home is in Kentucky. I was born in Kentucky and went to school in Louisville. I love Louisville. You know, I've, I've uh-huh. got a couple books set there, too. Um, but, yeah, you know, my husband and I have already, we're, we're at that point where we're like, all right, we got five years to figure out what we're going to do with ourselves when we're not working anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, <laughs> right. So we're probably going, because it's beautiful here. There's, It's hard to argue. I mean, I'm standing outside. It's January, what, 26? I'm standing mm-hmm. outside. And it's forty degrees. You know, it's fine. Oh, it's no big deal. Well, I'm envious. You know, it's twenty nine here. <laughs> I know. I did it, girl. I did it. I twenty year twenty years in Michigan. I know Michigan winters. <laughs> I do not miss them, but I do miss the Michigan summers. I love right. the summers in Michigan. They're so nice. Um, and we all, you know, we've always said we would have something up there, and we love Detroit. We both love Detroit. So, right, we'll end up back there in some capacity or another. Well, even if you get to travel, that's wonderful. Well, thank mm-hmm. you so much mm-hmm. for coming back. It really was a delight. I'm so glad to be have... back. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, again, you always again, have. I, mean, I came up with Dan Campbell, but don't quote me on if I if I misquoted some facts. I'm sorry, but I'm pretty <laughs> that's sure right. that's how it goes. <laughs> that's all right. We've got you on record that you've already said, "Hey, I don't know everything," but <laughs> so yeah, we got yeah. you. <laughs> it's right. okay. But thank you so much for coming back on. You always have so much to tell and you're always a joy to have on the program. Um, Our doors are always open to you, Liz. So come back anytime. Thank you again, all our listeners. (laughs) And we'll see you guys next time. Have a great evening, everyone. Bye-bye for now. Bye.